welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 219 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life, formerly the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you for joining me. I have an exciting series of podcasts planned for you. So I've gone out and asked some of my best physician coach friends to come on the podcast and have discussions about New Year's. We did this last year and it was a big hit. I know it was helpful for a lot of you and I really enjoyed it. And so that's why I decided to do it again this year. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Latifat Akintande, as well as Dr. Fariel Michaud, both physician coaches, both with their unique areas of specialty and both with unique but complementary approaches to what it means to contemplate a new year and think about what you want to create for yourself in the new year. So let's just get right to the episode. Enjoy this interview. All right. Welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you, Laddie Fat and Ferial. I'm super excited to get going on our first New Year's special episode. So let's get you to introduce yourselves. Laddie Fat, why don't you go first and introduce who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and looking forward to sharing and also learning some tips from you guys as well. For those that I haven't met, I'm Dr. Latifat. I'm a GI doc. I'm based in California, and I'm also a money coach, the creator of the Money Fit MD podcast and also Money School for Women Physicians, which is everything that I do there is to help women physicians have more money and really build the wealthy life that I believe we all deserve. And I have three kids. I love them. They drive me nuts. They keep me on my toes. And honestly, they are the motivation for a lot of things that I do in this world. I truly want the world to be a better place than I got in when I came here. And my goal is to do whatever little that I can to be a part of that. So thanks for doing this. Awesome. Fariel, how about you introduce yourself? Yes. Hi. Thanks for having me. My name is Fariel Michaud. I'm a palliative care physician and I am currently in Washington, but I actually am originally from Iran uh, and have moved around the U.S. for the past 33 years. And now we're settled in Honolulu, Hawaii. That's our home. We have two girls, teenage girls that are just really wonderful kids. And I also like Latifat, I am a life coach as well. I really work with people with serious illness or people who have chronic illnesses, people who have lost loved one to manage their mind around what it means to really live our life the best way possible. 
possible. I also have a podcast called Write Your Last Chapter. Really should have been called Write Your Best Chapter, but still talking about how do we live our best life every day moving forward. So yeah, that's kind of where I am. And I also have a physician living intentionally Facebook group for people to be inspired. I post pictures of Hawaii, poetry, and things that I feel like may help us to sort of slow down and live in the here and now. And thanks for having me here. Yeah, awesome. So we're talking today about New Year's and it's so easy, right? Like we're all trained to think, okay, what's my resolution going to be? And I think us as life coaches really probably approach New Year's and kind of setting goals differently than just like, let's set some resolutions and change everything that we dislike about ourselves on January 1st. And so I'm really, you know, curious to hear what do you guys do in your own life? And when you're working with physicians and other clients, how do you suggest they approach the New Year's? Let's start with Ferial. What's your approach? I am so glad you asked this question because... So I will share with you, I am also in the teacher program in Eckhart Tolle's mindfulness. So I really do struggle because there is, as a life coach, we sort of talk about how there is this future version of us that sees lives differently, like weighs this much and has this type of relationship and has this kind of order in their life. Like we try to help people get to this version of themselves that's themselves what may be improved in some way and I will pivot and say that's truly not how I live my own life and I do believe that we have this horizontal dimension and then this vertical dimension so I don't ever think about this future version ever it's always the deeper version it's not even looking up at myself it's going in knowing that I have all the tools so if anything I don't feel like let's finish the year strong. That's not my language ever because I feel like, you know, if there is ever something that you are struggling with or your brain is offering you as if you're struggling with, I think perspective in what is going right in your life. So if anybody who's listening who has been diagnosed with an illness or is living with a chronic illness, it's so much easier to just think about, oh, man, my life was better, or if I didn't have this, my life would be this way. I sort of want all of us to tap into this moment is amazing. Like end of the year is not any different than any other time. And what's on the other side of January 1st is not any better than here. And actually, no one says future won't be worse than now. <laughs> so in fact, what we have that is so precious is the power of the here and now. And if you can just love your life the way it is in all aspects of your life, things will show up and unfold exactly as if they were meant to. So the idea that this is not good, let's start something better in the future, creates this split duality where you are resisting your life as it is. So what I want to offer people is just loving where you are now. And from that space, say, I love this now, but I would love it so much more if. That's a very different, it's not setting resolution. There is no resolution, but it's, this is amazing. I want to go deeper to this amazing, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful way of, of talking about it, of 
taking, because the thing that always bothers me about the resolution kind of, and especially because I do weight loss, it's always based on this idea that there's something wrong with you. And if we're talking about weight loss and changing our eating, we've been deeply trained to do it from a place of there's something wrong with me. What I currently do must be horrible. Therefore, I have to change. And it creates just that, this energy in the change that just isn't good. And it doesn't honor, like what you're saying, all the amazingness of, of the individual and the person exactly where they are right now. Because we're all, especially working with physicians, and I'm sure you guys all have this too, is uh, physicians are so incredibly hard on themselves and are so prone to seeing that they don't measure up. If anybody listening can just take what you said and be like, actually, I'm doing really well right now, even if things are imperfect, even if, you know, I've got charts to close, even if my house is cluttered, even if I have weight that I want to lose, but it's, I can appreciate myself the way I am right now. So, so powerful. Latifat, what are your thoughts about New Year's or how do you approach it? So the way that I think about it is, (laughs) so I'm kind of laughing a little bit because I try to approach this in a way that is empathetic, empathetic to where people are versus empathetic to where they want to be, empathetic to where I am, empathetic to where I was before. Meaning that I think it's easy for me to say, oh, New Year's resolution is nothing, right? However, a lot of people are not even there. They are where I was before, where New Year's was a way that they could sort of force themselves to have hope again, Mm -hmm. change again, like almost like this, forgive yourself again, right? And I Now I'm at a place in my maturity that I know that that is sort of a man-made thing, for lack of a better term. But I also have the empathy of letting that be the case. And if that's what people need to help them start again, then it's okay for them to have that, right? So it's almost like different levels of maturity. And it's okay to start where you are with empathy for yourself. So if what you need is January 1st for you to start looking at your finances, for you to start looking at your money, for you to start looking at your debt, looking at the interest, and that's okay, right? It's starting where you're starting from. But ultimately, the goal is to get to a place where you truly understand that it is something that is made up by all of us, right? It's made up by humans. And every day is a chance to make a different decision, right? So whether it's January 1st, whether it's March 1st or April 1st or whatever the heck the date is, it's okay for you to choose that day to make a different decision or the same decision, right? And the way that I think about money is sort of like two ways. There is a character, like the relationship, the wealth of life, and there's the numbers. One of them isn't ultimately going to make you a better person. So it really doesn't matter how much you have, whether your net worth is like negative $200,000 or $2 million, you're not a better person or more valuable or more worthy person than yourself in whatever time frame. And I think that's important for people to understand in terms of the character of wealth. And then there's the number of it, which I believe is really, really important for us to make sure we're not ignore, right? The making sure you're getting paid well, making sure that you're looking at where your money is going, the actual action stuff to help you create the net worth that you want, not because you get to be a better person then, but because it just becomes a tool that gets to be bigger for you to create the kind of life that you want. So that's kind of how I think about it. If thinking about, you know, New Year's, New Year's resolution helps you. Hallelujah. I'm happy for you. Let's start there. But just know that the goal is for you to know that the decision that you made on that day is something that you could make on any other day, including right now. So funny because I was telling my husband 
last week, I'm like, okay, once we're through, I'm going to start doing wine app again. <laughs> I'm going to start spending time actually paying attention to where we're spending our money. But yeah, in my brain, I'm like, January 1st, because it's clean and it's a like just a fresh start. So it's, it's funny how our brains do like these certain like dates as a trigger for change. But you're right. I could start it today. In my brain, it's starting on the first, <laughs> probably because I'll be off on the first too. I'll have time to do it. What do you guys do for your own? Like, do you have a routine or like a ritual that you do for the New Year's for yourself? So one thing I want to say is it's really important. And, and we talk about New Year. This is also true. And I know you mentioned about your focus is helping people with their mind around food and weight and all that. One thing that I like to do always personally and as a mother to two girls, my girls are 16 and 14, is understanding sort of like what is it that defines your success? And whatever that is, and it's fascinating because I've been writing a journal since I was like 19 years old. And when I read my own words, which are my thoughts back then, like my success was amazing. And it's so beautiful for you to have a, how far you have come in life. Like I remember really wanting to get an A in that organic chemistry and just how I really wish I could understand things I didn't understand. The guy that I really wanted to be with, which I'm very happy that didn't turn into a marriage. Like it's just amazing that at different stages of our lives, we tie our success with the desire of wanting something always. And it doesn't matter what that is. So this year may be something, next year may be something else for all of us. And what I want myself to have awareness and my clients and my listeners or my kids is having a discernment to understand what is the traditional love and what is the intentional love. And I'll d describe this for a second. For example, since you know, your clients and audience talks about their relationship with food. You know, in palliative care, when patients are at end, end stages of their life, depending on what they're facing, they lose the ability to swallow. And this conversation about feeding tube or not starting feeding tube is a huge one. And it's sort of my skill set to help navigate that conversation. Culturally, no matter where you come from, we associate feeding our loved ones with loving them. So if somebody has dementia and is asked, you know, at, at risk of aspiration, it's a very deep conversation to tell people, listen, they're not dying of starvation, they're dying of their disease. So be able to say, you know, we understand that you're trying to feed them because you love them, but there's another way to love them. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you hoping for? You're hoping for comfort. You're hoping for them to not, you know, aspirate. You're hoping for them to not have secretions or whatever. So you can continue to love someone with the discernment that success means something different. This is in palliative care. This is also true with our own relationships. So for your audience who focuses maybe on weight loss being an issue, a lot of times we had a tough day at work. And we want to come home and have cheese and crackers and a bottle of wine because that's the first loving thing we have done for ourselves. So instead of saying, I deserve to feed my body with this traditional love that I believe to be true, 
what else can I do for myself that's success and it's a loving action? So when I decide to see what do I want my next year to be, I actually see what does success mean to me today? And it's fascinating because it's no longer what I want. It's from a place of a true intentional love for me. Is that eating ice cream out of a carton in the sink or having gelato in Italy by the side of a road? But all eating is not created equal. So what does success mean to me in any aspect of my life? For me, is having intentionality to truly discern what is true love for me, true love more for my kids, true love for my husband, true love for my patient versus the traditional love that we are taught, which is clinging and holding on and not letting go and have this story in our head, what true success means. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. I, you know, I talk so much about like the eating in the evenings is like self-care. Like it's the first time you take care of yourself. But I love the way you said it. It's the first time of your day that you actually did something loving for yourself. Because like that's so, so powerful because as physicians, how much do we even think to do loving stuff for ourselves? Like we will do loving things for every other person in our entire world and community before we'll do it for ourselves. I love that. Latifat, what's your ritual approach? Whatever word you want to use. So the way that I think about it is this, I am a quality over quantity person if I had to choose. And when I can have quality and quantity, that's even better, right? And the reason why I say that is it's really important for me for people to understand that there is no amount of money that you will have that will create what you think you want to have in terms of like the feeling you actually want to have. And the reason why I say that is you know, you may have seen my post, I talk about if you don't see the wealth that already exists, you're not going to see the wealth that exists. And the reason why is no matter what you think you want to achieve, when you get there, you're still not going to see it. So quality, when I talk about quality, it's a sense of enjoyment. I love enjoyment. It's a sense of enjoyment, joy, fulfillment you get from what already exists, right? And I always tell people that, and this has been the case regardless of what my net worth was when I was like heck of broke, living paycheck to paycheck, trying to figure out what the heck I owed. when Because I, when I started my financial journey, I didn't even know what I owed. I didn't know what a 401k was. But I started to learn about enjoyment and I would talk about things like cups of coffee. Like I could get as much indulgence and joy and just like pure bliss from a cup of coffee that you would from something else. And the reason why is I've trained myself to find the quality in things and indulge deliciously in things. And I'm very intentional about doing that. So regardless of, you know, if I have five bucks in my account, if I have 5,000 or 50,000, the same can be the case. And the reason why this is important is this. When we separate our quality from just quantity, every quantity that you have, now it gets to be a tool that you get to use. And it's a beautiful thing. You feel like a complete badass. And the reason why I share that is I try to do that at every point in time. I'm not perfect about it. I'm a huge fan of imperfection. Actually, I shoot for imperfection, not perfection. But when it comes to the new year, it's something that I am also choosing to be intentional about. What I don't do is I don't do that only when it's the New Year's. I do that at every different time point and New Year's just happens to be one of them. And the way that I do it is it's usually I love coffee. So it's usually over coffee. If I can have the ocean, I would like to have the ocean next to me or within viewpoint and just sitting down and thinking about the world that already exists in my life. I lost my dad, unfortunately, last year. This is well, I'm not sure this is going to be playing in 2022 or 2023. <laughs> 
but I lost my dad in 2021. And I have, he died at an age that would be traditional, only two years after retirement age traditionally. So he died at the age of 67. And when I think about, he did not live the life that he wanted. If you lived the way that culture has determined that we work ourselves to the ground and do our nine to five job, which there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what culture determines right now. If that's what he did and then retired at the age of 65 after working 80 hour shifts like physicians do traditionally, he would have died two years after retirement. That's not the life that he had, which I'm grateful for. But those things serve as a reminder to reinforce what I already know, which is that life is a gift. Being here is a gift. And it's a gift for me. It's a gift to me. And it's a gift to other people as well. So I really believe that every one of us are a gift to other people. So when I'm thinking about my New Year's resolution, I think about it from that perspective. What am I going to continue to create in my life? Like, where do I want to be December 31st? That would feel like a gift for me, a gift to me and a gift to others. And that is literally the vision through which I create what my vision board is. So I did a training recently, which I called the like creating your wealthy vision for 2023. And I had, you know, hundreds of women physicians signed up for that. It was such a fun event because I have to, I like to have fun. Life is much better when you're having fun, right? So, and what I talked about is understanding that wealth is not just about the dollars, but it's also about the quality of time, the freedom of time, the gift of time, relationships you're given in terms of like time and also dollars. And all those things are things that accumulate to my definition, how I truly view wealth. So the question is, when you think about your life, December 31st, 2023, when you're sitting down a fire with coffee or a glass of wine with your loved ones, like what would you want to be celebrating? And what I find is what we want to be celebrating now is literally what we want to evolve into be next year. And doesn't mean that what we evolve into be is better than what we are right now. No, it's not. It's just two different data points and you get to create whatever the hell you want to create. Like me when I was 18 wasn't better than now. Me when I was six wasn't better than now. They're just literally different time points in the life cycle of a butterfly <laughs> or the life cycle of a, you know, a seed that becomes a tree. And they're all amazing at different stages of the journey. So that's the way that I think about it. But I do want to encourage your audience, whoever they are, wherever they are, to start to define for themselves what wealth looks like in the full expansion of the word. And, you know, that may include their faith, spirituality, those sort of things, and make sure that when they're thinking about their lives and how they want to spend their time in 2023, it really reflects the things that they've pre-decided right now to be of value to them. Mm -hmm. I love that. I like the concept of like, that you were talking about earlier on of, do I want to do create joy. And I love the gifts. I think that's a really powerful thing is to think like, what am I going to create? That's a gift for me, gift for others. Because, it, you know, it's, we get so wrapped up in the way it should be. And that concept of creation, I think is so fun. And like you said, like you can create anything, which before life coaching, I don't think I believed or I'd never considered that you could create stuff, right? Like I think most of us who've never really done coaching think this is the way it is and you're in this specialty and therefore that means you make this amount of money and your hours look like this and your call must look like this and now you have the kids and that's what this looks like. <laughs> and so the idea you can create anything I think is an amazing thing to start a new year with. Like what do I want to create? 
Can I just digress for a second? Oh, totally. I love the whole idea of creation because it's not something that I understood as well before. And I know that your audience, like mine, are very diverse. I'm a Christian, so I'm going to talk about something real quickly. And when I think about like, and I'm sure it's the same in other religion, like creation was one of the things that the Bible talked about. It's like God created, right? It's like one of the things that's so important to our core as humans that when we stop creating, I actually think the stopping of creation as us, as humans, for us as humans, is part of why we burn out in medicine and outside of medicine. When we, there's something about creating that is so core to the human character that if you think about the people that have the most fulfillment and joy and wealth, they create. And it's not a matter of like what they're creating or how big it is or how whatever, but think about burnout in medicine. Think about what happens when we're going from like eight to five, just barely surviving one more day. It's the lack of creation. When a physician wants to decrease their burnout, they usually try to do something where they're creating. It may be like creating a, what's it called? A group or a subgroup or a wellness committee. There's something about creation that is so core to us as humans that I truly believe that when we can go back to that idea, what can I create? Even if I'm working nine to five, in what areas of my life am I able to create something? There's something about that that I'm starting to understand even on a deeper level and I'm continuing to dig into. So when you talked about creation, that's what came to mind for me. Yeah, I like I know for myself ever since I started, because prior to starting my podcast and starting a coaching business, which... I had never, ever considered I would do. I was a family physician. I did palliative care, obstetrics, merge. I was just in it and working hard. And then, you know, for a few different reasons in life, I had this idea of maybe I could do this, but the having something that is mine that I create and I get to decide what it looks like, I get to send messages out to people and say, hey, do you want to come chat for an hour and let's record a podcast episode? Like, it's so fun and it's so fulfilling on a different level than the medicine piece. And I think sometimes too, I don't know what you guys think, but the, you know, when we're in our training, everything's so new, right? And like you're training, you're learning new stuff, you're learning new skills. So in a way it kind of helps fulfill that creation and growth piece. Cause I think it's not just creation, but it's this personal growth too. And then once you're in practice and things aren't always new, and they start to become routine, I think that's a time where it can be really easy to get burnt out. And I definitely did. I had a lot of years where it felt like I was on this hamster wheel every single day, nothing changed. And I was thinking, is this this way it always looked? And it was like finding something I could create that was mine that made a difference. I want to chime in and I completely agree with you. So you guys are probably quite a bit younger than me, but I'm 53 years old and I started running long distance races when I was 40. My kids were little and I needed to do something for me. And when I turned 50, I ran an ultra marathon, which is a 50 mile race. And I'm not an athlete in a form life. Like the first mile I ran, I was 40. So it's not something I did, but there is that same desire of challenging myself, pushing myself. I don't want my life to look the same way. I don't want next year to look like this way. And I think anytime we put ourselves in positions, like if you travel, 
going to a different place, eating at a restaurant that you love, ordering something you don't get, and you're constantly doing something that's different. The brain wants to go there. Like you want to experience life fully. Even people who want to not travel, even people who don't. And you know, when I say travel, I don't mean like you need to go to, you know, South America. It could be like going to a town that you usually just fill your gas. I mean, just going to a different place that's not place of comfort for you and talking to a neighbor that you usually don't say hello to you know if you walk your dog going to a different street like constantly living your life from that space creates this absolute sense of awe an absolute sense of awareness and presence and just living life like the joy that you know i live in hawaii so you know it's easy for me to say yeah, I can go for a hike or we snorkel every Sunday morning, but it doesn't have to I'm be. I'm jealous right now, by the way, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very snowy. <laughs> I do not snorkel on Sundays. <laughs> actually, right now where I am, we have so much snow. Like we couldn't land. We landed in a city that even Delta Airline was like, where are you guys right now? Because it was an emergency landing. So I know if people are listening and this is the holiday season, so many flights were canceled. So listen, I'm only saying that it doesn't really matter where you live. You can always open your eyes and monotask. And we could maybe talk about starting a new year and what is your word for the year and all that. And for me, it has always been monotasking. And And, you know, intentionality is if I'm here with you, I'm here with you. Like I have a headset because I do not want to hear my sister putting dishes away. It's not for the quality of your podcast per se. I want to live my life like here. And I think living your life here, that awe of doing something different, like creating this, who knew you could do this? And being open to all these experiences that in a year or three years ago, you would have never imagined this and neither would I have. And so living with that open heart and experiencing whatever life has to offer you just creates that, you know, a learner's brain, a child's mind, this wonder that life is amazing. So, you know, get busy living or get busy dying, right? So it's like if you every day can wake up with this abundance and fullness of just being here, That's the most amazing thing. So I just wanted to say that because I think creation and challenge, not saying what's now, like I don't have to run 50 miles, but not saying that my life is not great, but I want to experience it fully. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I love that. And I think that's kind of like talking about when I mentioned seeing the wealth that exists, right? When you see the wealth and you will find it if you look for it, right? Because a lot of times there is always there. It's always there. We just may not see it because we're so busy. We're so worried. We're so overwhelmed. And for me, that's why I do a lot of what I do when it comes to money is because the number one, number two, number three reason people say they cannot see the wealth that exists is actually money, right? So it's like, let's take care of this money stuff. Let's automate this stuff and see that it truly is different, to be honest with you. Money is just like one fraction of true wealth. But when we start to see the wealth that exists, we will see the wealth that exists. And same thing with weight and seeing our bodies, right? It's healthy to be in your, what your body feels is comfortable for you to carry along with you. But even when you have weight that is excess, like I am right now, 
I see the beauty that exists and I can still shoot for a different, you know, number of pounds on the scale. That's what gives me growth in that direction of my life. So I a hundred percent love this conversation we're having today. Yeah. And I think, you know, that brings up a really good point of change can come from, I love this and this moment is amazing, but I want some, I want more or I want to grow, which is really like all the different examples that we're using. And I want to challenge myself and get the, you know, I think especially our high achieving physician brains, we like to be challenged and we like to achieve. And, and it's fun if you take ownership and take empowerment with how you use that piece of your brain instead of it just being like the medical system is what chooses how we get challenged. I think so much is possible for every single person listening if we open up and we empower that piece of us that can create and can create anything in the next year and can create from that place of things are really amazing and I'm amazing and my body's amazing regardless of its size or shape and create from there, I think is it's exciting to think of what's possible. Anything else that you guys would like to add? I want to ask you, how do you approach the new year? Ah, yeah, I, you know, I started doing a New Year's kind of ritual back. My twins were little and I think it was honestly when I was struggling with a fair bit of burnout because we generally would go to my in-laws for New Year's. And so being in the basement bedroom, being like, I have to do something to like get my head on straight. And honestly, kind of like what you were saying, Latifah, is it started from like, I need to figure this weight thing out because that was my biggest thing is I was like, I know how I'm eating is not healthy. I know my body's not dealing well with it from a metabolic standpoint. So I started doing, I'm trying to remember where it even came from. I feel like I may have watched a YouTube video of um, Tony Robbins or somebody might've been where I originally got the idea. But in Evernote, I wrote a note, like, this is what the year has been like. This is what's gone on. So like kind of a journaling, and this was a time where I didn't journal, of what the previous year had been. And then like, what do I want to create in this coming year? A lot of initially weight and eating related and just trying to figure that piece out of my life. But what's really fun is because I've done it in Evernote every year is now I can go back and like I journal paper for regular journaling, but for the end of the year, I like to do it in Evernote because it's really fun to actually be easily able to see like, how is my life changing? Because it's so easy in the day to day to think nothing's different. And, you know, talking about the eating side, like for people who are listening, it's so easy to be like, I overate this day or this week or this weekend, or, you know, I regained this amount of weight that I'd previously lost with this idea that nothing's changed. And yet if you can track it, often lots has changed. And I think we're often looking at the wrong metrics. I find that just to be a really helpful ritual that I like to take the time to do. Like it just feels good to me to do, but it also just helps me track that, okay, even on the times where it feels like nothing's changed, if I look back to those original ones, a whole heck of a lot's changed in my life because I've been willing to keep like, okay, that didn't work. That really didn't work. Well, look again, it didn't work. And then now I started to see some change. Like, and I think that's really important for everybody listening is you can create anything, absolutely anything, but that doesn't mean we create with perfection. And it doesn't mean that it has to work the first time or everything you do has to work right away. A lot of it's going to be messy. And there's elements of just needing to trust. Trust was one of my words for last year. 
trust that even when it's messy, even when you can't see the movement, can't see the growth, it's happening. That's beautiful. There's a quote that I that I like, which is it's either working for you or working on you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're either getting the result you want or your result is getting the version of you that needs. It's always working, right? And just understanding that it's okay to start wherever you are. And I think that's the key. If there's anything that I that I want to make sure we talk about, because a lot of times it's easy to listen to people and feel shame about where you are or shame about where we are. And that is definitely not the goal here. The goal is to understand that we all just unlike different data points and one is not better than another. Like where you are is not better than where someone else is and where I am is not better than where I was. It's just different. It's just a different layer in the onions peeling layer. It's still an onion. It's still amazing. It's still edible and great for great recipes. It's just a different layer of it. So just know that and know that shame is, in my opinion, sometimes a waste of time. So don't waste time indulging in shame. Life is too short. You might as well just go enjoy your cup of coffee and indulge in shame. But there's nothing wrong with you. Absolutely nothing wrong with you. And wherever you are, there's nothing wrong with it. Just start somewhere. Absolutely. Well said. Ariel, do you have anything else that you want to add? Just a last little nugget you want to leave people with? Yeah, I would love that. So, you know, I don't know where people are on their spectrum of spirituality. I think that a lot of our dis-ease, which I love the word dis-ease because of it, I think a lot of our dis-ease comes from our resistance to our reality at all the time, right? Our height, our weight, where our hair looks, the way our marriage is, where our kids, where we live, so much resistance. And what I really want to share with everyone is the knowing. If you could just trust, and I like that the word trust was yours this past year. If you trust that under all these narratives that you have created for yourself artificially, you are good, you are whole, you are exactly where you need to be, and you are already home. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to achieve. There's not another version of you at the end of 2023 that's going to be proud of all the things that you did. You're already amazing. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. And if you are ever at any point in your life, you know, my clients have cancer survivors. I have people that feel like they've been given a second chance at life. So they better treat their kids better this time. I just get people and it's like, anytime you think you're not doing things right, or it could be better, I can go in the hospital and drag 17 patients out that would trade spaces with you like this. Your life is so much more amazing than you're giving yourself credit. So really enjoy it. Everything is exactly the way it needs to be. And all the sadness and dis-ease that you created for yourself is just really a story your brain is telling you. And, you know, my dad used to say, it's raining. It's not raining on you. If you could imagine that if a situation, like if you're stuck in traffic, if my flight is canceled, it's not my flight. The plane, this, this just happened. It's not my, my bad luck. If I get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, it's not my bad luck. The universe doesn't owe anything to us. It's just life just is. So if you can just enjoy every single day for what it is and what amazing abundance and fullness life has to offer you every day, 
you're going to have the most amazing every day in 2023 and beyond. Awesome. I love that. Can each of you just let people know where they can find you if they want to hear more from you? Absolutely. You can find me on my podcast, which is the easiest place to find me. So it's the Money Fit MD podcast. And I talk about all things money and mindset and how to build wealth from the inside out. And you could also find me on Facebook and Instagram. And you can go on my website, moneyfitmd.com, so you can learn more about what we do. Awesome. Yeah. So I want to share my podcast as well. It's called Write Your Last Chapter. I talk a lot about end of life issues and just serious illness. And, you know, while my podcast talks to physicians, but it also is good for if you want to, you know, refer your patients or your mother or aunt who's struggling with something. There's a lot of podcasts that is meant for the regular patients and all of us will be patients in our lifetime. So that's the podcast and it's a very popular podcast. So I don't know why, but I think it resonates with a lot of people who want to know more about these things, but are afraid to ask. And if you're a physician, I invite you to join us at Physicians Living Intentionally, which is a Facebook group, which I talk a lot about what you heard here and trying to just ask you questions, kind of similar things that Latifa said about her dad Like we don't want to live a life that we're sort of put things on pause and then here comes the end and what do we do now? So I just really want to encourage you to have a deeper thought about that. And if you want to learn more about me, you can just go to my website, which is www.drfariel.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. I've really enjoyed our chat. It was good stuff. I think people should probably listen to this one twice because there's some deep messaging in here that might not get absorbed on the first go around. Thank you for having us. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having us. And good to hear you here, Fario. All right. We covered so many good pearls in that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it. And I meant it at the end when I said, I think it'd be a great one to listen to twice because there was some deep wisdom in that episode. I love the concept of doing something loving for yourself. I love the idea of creating and using that concept, thinking about the New Year's, what do I want to create? How do I want to experience this moment and stay focused on the moments of the New Year's? Those were some great themes that for me resonated out of that interview. I'd love to hear yours. Send me an email at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. And if you're excited about the new year and you want to create some amazing things in your life, plus you want to feel more in control around food and you want to go after those weight loss goals, but from a different direction than you're used to, come check out my website at thrivephysicians.ca. That's the direct website to the page for Thrive Academy, my physician coaching program. From there, you can apply to join the program. So you fill out a short little questionnaire to tell me about yourself, and then you'll hear directly from me. Honestly, if weight is in your list of what you really want for yourself this year, or if just peace around food is what's in your list of what you really want for yourself, I can't think of a better way than coaching. And I've really designed Thrive Academy for Physicians to address all of the common issues that are unique to physicians that make it challenging to stay focused on weight and eating goals and did it in a way where it's not that you learn how to stick to diets. I'm actually not interested in teaching you how to stick to diet. What I teach you inside Thrive Academy is how to not need diets, how to 
understand your eating and your body at a level where you don't need diets anymore. You can problem solve things that happen. You can reach goals without being on a diet. Imagine that. Never needing a diet again. Okay, head over to thrivephysicians.ca to learn more and to submit an application. All right, we'll talk to you later. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.